0: Welcome to the Cody Felger podcast, a podcast dedicated to talking Colts football. Here is your host, Cody Felger. Welcome back to the Cody Felger podcast. Well, the Colts finished their first preseason game of the year. Uh, last night, they played the Buffalo Bills and they fell 24 to 16 and we took away some things from that loss yesterday. Derek Larger with me as always. Derek, I thought that today we should probably look at some of our takeaways from last night and then look at some players who we think cemented themselves and had good performances on offense and defense and then wrap up this podcast by talking about some guys who didn't play so well yet last night. So uh, let's get to it. Okay, the first takeaway, last night was an ugly effort from the Colts starting offense. Uh, they had 22 total yards in 11 plays, so not a good performance from that starting offense. Yes, they were missing some starters. Obviously, Andrew Luck was not out there, um, but this offense really did not have a good showing against a pretty good Buffalo defense. Heck, I think they were a top-ranked unit last year. Um, I think they had one first down in 11 plays, not ideal at all. And Jacoby Brissett really had no help from the running game or the offensive line yesterday. You saw a couple of those guys uh, from last year, Quentin Nelson and Braden Smith, who got beat. Um, So not a really good look from the starting offense uh, from yesterday. Derek, what were your takeaways from the starting offense yesterday?
1: Yeah, you're right. Uh, there were a couple of uh, players that very that struggled really hardly. Uh, we obviously saw a couple plays where Quentin Nelson and Braden Smith had a couple of good blocks in there. So certainly it wasn't a terrible effort, just, uh, just early season, you know, mis- uh, just mistakes, you know. It's kind of one of those things that just has to get worked out and the Colts are just going to have to hit the film room and figure out what it is they got to do to fix it. You're right, Jacoby Brissett didn't really have much help with the run game, and that kind of is affected by the offensive line as well. Uh, if you can't run the football, then, you know, you're not going to be in good situations to help your quarterback out. And you're right, uh, Andrew Luck wasn't in there for that game, so obviously our second string guy's got to be in there. And we didn't have a couple of our wide receivers. And obviously the first stringers only played for a couple of uh a couple of series. So wasn't a whole lot to take away other than the fact that those series that they did play were very ugly for the offense and for the defense in some aspects.
0: Yeah. And then you have to include the fact that they were missing, you mentioned T.Y. Hilton, Jack Doyle. Uh, They were even missing two offensive line starters, Ryan Kelly and Anthony Costanzo. And so overall it was an ugly performance for sure. But Um, At the same time, the Colts were missing a lot of players. I don't even think Marlon Mack played yesterday. So they were missing basically a lot of their starters from last year. So I kind of look at it as like, yes, there are some things to look at and things to improve. Obviously, Frank Reich was not happy with the lack of running game, especially with the emphasis of we want to be a top five rushing unit this year. That is not a good start. But fortunately, Derek, the good news with the Colts uh, preseason is that you know, preseason is the time to make mistakes and and, and to correct things and stuff, and um, not the time to overreact because really, it's what the Colts have ninety guys on their roster right now, and they're going to cut it down to fifty three. So there's a lot of guys who aren't going to make this roster who are just fighting to make this roster right now, and so. Um, obviously it wasn't a great performance from the offense, but I think it's to be expected a little bit. And I mean, honestly, when number 12 is not out there, this Colts offense is going to not be where it was last year, not even remotely close. So um, it's understandable. While it's disappointing, um, I think the Colts know that they have a lot to improve on. I think this is a good measuring stick to see um, where they can go and get some of those young guys some reps. Uh, a few more takeaways, Derek. So yesterday we talked about uh the defense uh, you know despite the struggle um kind of on both sides of the of the field sometimes there were some nice moments from a few young players I think we can see uh there's definitely a lack of pass rush that was the first thing that we can talk about a lack of lack of pass rush from the colts um basically all night, but there was a few players who stood out to me, and um, we had some good moments um The Mike linebacker position, um, both guys who were, who were vying for that starting Mike linebacker position were out there yesterday. Obviously, with Darius Leonard not playing, uh, Bobby Okariki and Anthony Walker were out there on the field together. And so I think that was good for Okariki to get out there and get some starting reps on this defense alongside of Walker, who obviously we think is going to win that starting Mike linebacker position. Um, and it's kind of the captain of that defense, gets everybody in position. Um, some more things that I took away defensively. The Colts played some of their starters: Malik Hooker, Pierre Desir, Marcus Hunt, and Walker and Okariki. I think those were the only starters that they played yesterday. Um, but I thought the defense and spurts had some good moments yesterday. Um, you saw some some guys like uh, some of those corner guys who who have had some good plays, and and there some of those young guys who I think had some individually some good plays. So um, as a whole, it wasn't great, but I think we saw flashes from some guys and. And it's and that's honestly I think a little bit to be expected, especially if you're only playing what five six starters out of your normal eleven. So um, it wasn't that big of a deal to me. Um, I just look at it as like individual performances. I don't really take it as a whole because honestly, a lot of those guys won't be starting on, out there on Sundays um, when the Colts do start the regular season. So, Derek, what were you, some of your takeaways from the game yesterday?
1: Yeah, like you kept saying yesterday, you know, Frank Reich and Eberfliss are not going to bring out their big guns yet. They're obviously going to be just bringing out some small stuff that they want to try to look for. They're not going to bring out the best plays that they want until the regular season comes along. And, you know, again, it's preseason. You don't see a lot of the starters uh, until... You know closer to the end of preseason and then we obviously week one. So we don't really have a huge gauge on what these guys are, but we do get to see some of these young guys that are trying to make the roster and you get to see somebody who wants to make that next step forward and find their position on this team. And a couple guys that did that last night for the defense, especially are eJ. Speed and Carol Phillips, a couple of guys where eJ Speed had a bunch of had half a dozen tackles yesterday. You saw the the speed, uh, no pun intended, that he that he in, uh, installed in that game. You saw some of the plays where he just met the runner in the gap and plays that just seemed crazy. And Carol Phillips obviously was in the right place a lot of the time, had three tackles, had himself a sack, and basically a sack that helped lead to a fumble recovery, which is great. Uh, it's good to see that those guys were back there making plays like that. Again, those are just guys that – You know, we didn't expect EJ Speed to really do much except for special teams. I think a lot of people had that happen. And EJ just continued to uh, show why he has a chance. If If one of our linebackers goes down, I think EJ's got the physical attributes to do that. Now, when some people did show me the highlights, I did think that EJ was a little bit slow to get to the gap. You know, he was a little slow reading the play itself but when he got there his speed made up for the lack of timing and another guy that it did impress me a little bit was Kahari Willis i think that Kahari was in a good was in good spots most of the time uh again i know the Colts defense as a whole kind of struggled for a lot of that uh obviously we saw the big uh run that Christian Wade had and a couple of other things the couple of big passes that were missed and some of that was on Kahari as well but then again, it is it's your first game, and you know you're still trying to learn everything. But Kahari, for the most part, showed that he was able to get into some play, into some plays, was able to make some tackles. And I thought another guy that y- you and I talked to is Quincy Wilson. I thought he had a couple of good plays, showed that he deserved some time out there to, you know, get in between the starters uh, for the corner position. So again, you know, bunch of mistakes that obviously need to get fixed. But you're like you said, it's the preseason. It's good to make these mistakes now. learn from them, fix them, get better for when the regular season starts.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you kind of already led me into my next section. I was going to look at individual guys that stood out, um, and so we can flip it here and go defense since we were just talking about defense. Um, you already mentioned Carol, Carol Phillips. he had two sacks yesterday, two tackles for a loss, and he also recovered a fumble, so he was all over the field for the Colts defense and. Do you think Phillips just kind of earned himself uh, the conversation of potentially being on this final 53-man roster? Because before this, I didn't even know who Carol Phillips was, honestly. Um, But he made, I think he made a statement yesterday that, hey, I could also potentially make this roster. What are your impressions of Phillips? Do you think he has a chance to make this final 53-man roster?
1: Well, if last night was any indication, then certainly. I mean, he obviously made some great plays getting into the backfield. That's exactly what uh, they want for this this type of defensive line. Uh, whether or not he makes it, I don't know. There's a lot of other guys there that we have there that they can make. Just depends on how many the, uh, how many defensive linemen that Reich wants to keep on the roster. But if he if he continues to do what he's doing in preseason, I, I like what he did last night. I, I totally believe that he is earning himself the conversation and giving Frank Reich a tough decision. On whether or not he should get the should be involved in this rotation, I think he's done a great job so far.
0: Right. The only reason why I asked that is because I think of last preseason with uh, Ryan Delaire. I think that's how you say it, a guy who came on and had a really good, strong preseason, but didn't make the final roster. Um, and so I just I didn't know uh, what your thoughts were on that. But um, okay, so we can a couple other guys that you talked about, Corey Willis. I think he had a pretty solid. Showing yesterday, all things considered. Yes, he did get beat a few times. Um, but I think overall, it's all about, preseason's all about getting your feet wet. And I think Kari Willis probably, most likely, won't be starting for the Colts in 2019 if everybody stays healthy. Um, but I think it was good for him because he got his feet wet in the NFL a little bit. Um, another guy, I think he actually started, Kari Willis started alongside Malik Cooker yesterday. Um, another guy that you talked about was EJ Speed and man... EJ Speed is so fast. I don't know if you saw that uh, that video of EJ Speed, but yeah, he was a little slow to react, like you mentioned, but man, when he goes, he goes. Like, he is so fast, and his speed can make up for that maybe lack of awareness right now, and, and hopefully he, he will get more aware of when the play happens and reading the play as he gets older and as he matures, um, but man, that guy is so fast. Like, if it if it, if it's any indication, like when he was at Tarleton State, they tried him out at wide receiver. I mean, this guy's got speed. I mean, no, like he said, no pun intended, but this guy is a fast linebacker. And I think he's got a few things to, to clean up, but certainly I think he showed a lot of potential. He led the team with six tackles yesterday. And I just kind of, and I, I know he disrupted a few passes as well. And so he was all over the field for me. I was pleasantly surprised. And I am the guy all aboard the hype train. I think I'm leading the EJ Speed hype train right now because I truly see him as a guy. And I've kind of come to this thing, Derek, where when Chris Ballard sees a guy and he falls in love with a guy that nobody knows, I'm kind of like, well, he's obviously going to be a superstar because he saw it last year with Darius Leonard. Everybody's like, who in the world is Darius Leonard? And again, this year with EJ Speed, everybody's like, who in the world is EJ Speed? Uh, but Chris Ballard knows what he's looking for, and and, and I kind of have this tendency now when Chris Ballard finds these guys to be like, okay, he's probably going to be really good. Um, and it also helps that the Colts have a very good coaching staff that teaches fundamentals and can develop those players. Um, no knock on Chuck Pagano and his staff, but they simply couldn't do that. Um, but EJ Speed, I think, had a really solid showing yesterday, and like you mentioned, knock on wood that everybody stays healthy, but if they don't, I mean, I think EJ Speed's a guy who can go into the lineup and probably be pretty effective for the Colts. And so um, another guy who had a sack was Al-Kadim Muhammad, who's the guy who's filling in right now for Jabal Sheard. Um, you know, obviously Jabal Sheard had surgery um, just recently, so he might miss a couple weeks of weeks of that regular season. Um, but I think al qadim Muhammad had a pretty good, pretty solid game. Um, at that defensive end position, Derek, and he's, for those of you who don't know who Al-Qadim Muhammad is, he was a guy that last year, um, was picked up by Chris Ballard. I think he was on the Saints last year, former sixth round pick, Uh, a lot of potential. He should, I think he played really well, all things considered. He he started a few games for the Colts last year. Um, but I think he had a pretty solid game yesterday, and I think he's a young guy, so he's going to continue to develop. Uh, what are your impressions of Muhammad?
1: Yeah, Muhammad definitely, uh, made a a good impression last year. I think they said that other than, uh, I don't remember who they said it was. I think it was other than Autry. I think they said Muhammad was the second leading pass rusher for the Colts last season, uh, as opposed to all of our other offense or other defensive linemen. So he definitely has earned the right to be in there and get a chance to start whenever he gets the chance. And like you said, with Jabal Sheard, uh, being able to, uh, He's obviously had the surgery. We don't know how long it's going to keep him out, but Muhammad is definitely that guy that could step up. And it's funny that I was thinking about it earlier. Uh, you know, Frank Reich and Chris Ballard had developed a defense that is, it, it, I saw earlier on Twitter, they said the Colts are the smallest defensive line in the entire NFL as opposed, when it comes to height and weight and everything else. But they said that may not be be an actual total surprise. You know, the Colts have definitely tried to create speed on this defensive line to help get to sacks because, you know, you definitely want to get guys that can pressure the quarterback, whether that be guys who are, you know, 270 pounds on average or opposed to guys who are 310 pounds. I mean, it is interesting because all these guys that the Colts have, according to NFL standards, are small. Uh, on average at least. So, And Muhammad is a perfect example of that. Muhammad's not the biggest of guys, but he's definitely fast. And if he can work on his hand mechanics just a little bit more, I think Muhammad could potentially find his way into potentially a a starting spot at some point if Jabal Sheard doesn't really become 100% of what he was. Muhammad could be that potential uh, defensive end that we've been searching for.
0: And another waiver claim by Chris Ballard. i tell you what, Chris Ballard is the king of waiver claims, man. Like, you got Muhammad, obviously. He got, what, Kenny Moore from that, from a waiver claim. Pierre Desir from a waiver claim. I mean, Chris Ballard is the king of waiver claims, I think. Uh, okay, so a couple other guys that we want to talk about. One guy you already mentioned, uh, Quincy Wilson, I thought had a pretty strong showing yesterday. Um, I know I, at one point he knocked a pass out of the hands of a receiver. I think overall he had a strong night. Um, I also liked what I saw from Rock Yassin. I, I thought he looked solid out there for the Colts. Um, and honestly, Derek, the Colts have, I think, four starting caliber corners. Um, and it's, it's going to be interesting. We'll talk about it in a second. Some of those other guys who were vying for that um, number five position there with the Colts. Um, but I think overall, both those guys look solid. Uh, so w- what are your takeaways from both these guys from your, obviously Rock and then Quincy Wilson?
1: Yeah, Rock and Quincy definitely had an efficient day, you know, not really getting beat on anything. Uh, obviously, not very much in the stat sheet right now, but that's uh, to be expected. And obviously, Quincy Wilson did a good job of staying man-to-man, uh, which is exactly what we need him to be. Rocky definitely doing a good job of staying in coverage and not getting beat as well. It's exactly what we wanted. And that kind of leads me to, I think, what you were going to want to talk about next A guy that I'm surprised I didn't mention earlier uh, is Jalen Collins. I think that, I said it earlier in a podcast, I didn't know how high I was on him at first uh, going into training camp and everything. Didn't know if he would make the roster or anything, but after last night, what I saw from him, I think I'm starting to change my mind and really hoping he stays on this roster because... Again, he had a couple tackles last night. He had a forced fumble inside. I believe it was uh, near the red zone at that time. So it was that was a very clutch moment. Kind of had a Darius Leonard moment. Just punched that ball out of out of Wade's hands, which was great. Um, again, I think that's uh, awesome that we have a couple of young guys that can come in and do what they do. And Jalen Collins uh, showing out in the preseason uh, is definitely a good sign. I think that all these guys. Again, have some things they need to tweak on a little bit, but all of these guys have the potential to be on the roster, and I'm glad that we have Rocky Sin and Quincy Wilson and Jalen Collins out there fighting for that number three uh, and number four corner spot right now.
0: Yeah. And more on Collins. Um, I think a lot of people forget he was a second round pick. So he was a high pick. He's a very talented guy. Um, he played with the Falcons. He actually started for the Falcons in that Super Bowl run that they had. Um, and he I think he is a guy that's a high potential guy. Um, he's 26 years old. So he's still very young. I think he turned 26 a couple months ago. So he just turned 26, uh, very young player, very talented player. Like you mentioned, he had a forced fumble yesterday. Um, I think the biggest thing for Jalen Collins will be, can he play special teams? Because when you're, when you're, Buying for the back end of the roster like Jalen Collins is trying to make a team, you have to play special teams. And one thing that, that I found it interesting when I was listening to my friend Kevin Bowen's podcast was um, Jalen Collins may not have in his career been asked to play special teams at all because, I mean, he was a starter for most of his career. Um, and now he's potentially going to have to play special teams. So I think if Jalen Collins can play special teams, it can be a, be a special teams ace. I think he makes this roster, honestly, because he's definitely got the talent to be there. Um, But unfortunately, sometimes, you know, just with the way of the game, like, that number five corner really is not going to see the field a whole lot outside of special teams. And so if Jalen Collins can play special teams, I think the Colts definitely got a potential breakout player in Collins in case, you know, a player would go down and Jalen Collins would be forced into the lineup. Um, And so, yeah, Jalen Collins is a guy that I'm really intrigued to watch. I've been high on him for a while because I just see the potential there. And I think the Colts see the potential there in Collins. And it's crazy to me, Derek, that a guy that started on a Super Bowl team may not even make this roster. That's kind of wild to me that just shows the depth that corner of the Colts have right now. Um, okay. So I think staying on the defense, we should probably talk about some guys who didn't have some good uh, games yesterday that really didn't help themselves. And I think one guy that I noticed yesterday that really, it seemed like he struggled. I wasn't able to watch the game. I just tuned in. So maybe I'm wrong on this, but there's um, a guy that I thought could potentially have a really good game. And uh, it was Nate Hairston. Um, and I thought that Nate Hairston got beat a couple times. I think he got beat on that touchdown. Um, When he was in and uh, I think Nate Harrison kind of struggled yesterday, but again, it's only the first week of the preseason. He could definitely bounce back. But what were your thoughts on Harrison yesterday, Derek?
1: Yeah, like you said, again, we, we looked at so many guys in the secondary, so it, it's kind of tough to break everything down. But like you said, yeah, again, Harrison had his issue in uh, the plays before that. Uh, obviously those plays need to get sharpened up. Uh, I I think, again, it's just an awareness thing. You know, again, it's preseason. It's the first week facing somebody else different. So it's kind of just getting used to the whole thing. I think two guys that I thought had times where they looked out of place on the defense was was definitely Kahari Willis. I think at times he, even though he looked good at times, I think he had a couple plays where he just needs to sharpen up uh, the awareness and know where to be. And then another guy I think I heard from, like you said, I didn't get to watch the game very much, so unfortunately, I don't I don't know if this analysis is right, it's just from what I was hearing from people uh, in Colts Twitter, that Kamiko Turi was having himself a game where he needs to forget, I mean, he was getting pushed back so easily yesterday, and that is not what we uh, anticipated from him, because uh, he's usually the guy that does that to people, but he just... Again, was kind of one of those things where he was getting Quentin Nelson. He was just getting blown back off the line by everyone, and that's that is quite surprising given how good Kamiko Turi is at rushing the quarterback. So I, I think another that's uh, a couple players that really need to start working a little bit to be able to uh, solidify their spot on this roster. Yeah,
0: you know, one guy that I forgot to mention uh, who I thought played well yesterday was Grover Stewart as well. Um, He had four tackles yesterday. I think he, all things considered, played pretty well. Uh, what were your takeaways from Grover yesterday, Derek?
1: Yeah, Grover, like you said, had four tackles. That's so really good to hear from your defensive tackle, the guy who's supposed to solidify the middle. And, you know, again, they the, the Colts pretty much uh, did really well in the A-gaps yesterday. You know, Grover Stewart definitely had himself a game doing that. Uh, the only runs that the Bills were able to get consistently were on the outside through the B gaps and outsides. But, yeah, you're right. Grover Stewart having four tackles, you'll take that from your defensive tackle any day of the week.
0: Okay, and I'm moving over to the offensive side of the field. We'll start with the guys who stood out. Um, it's a guy that you said would be your preseason MVP. He definitely played like the MVP, Chad Kelly. Now, hes I think he's vying for that number 3 quarterback position with Phillip Walker, who we'll get to in a little bit. Uh, but man, Chad Kelly, Swag Kelly looked good yesterday, Derek.
1: Yep. And I'm glad that I picked him for that. Yeah, he did really well, you know, 70% completion percentage with 121 yards and obviously had those 60 yards rushing and had a touchdown that everyone saw. That's the first touchdown of the Colt season. And man, I didn't know Chad Kelly could run that fast. I mean, He's making Lamar Jackson look, uh, giving Lamar Jackson a run for his money. <laughs> I'm just kidding on that one. But yeah, Chad Kelly again. Yeah, he's looking to uh, get that quarterback three spot. You know, can't ha- it never hurts to have a number three guy. And Chad Kelly definitely went from, you know, the lowest of the low, just hoping he could possibly make this roster, to now I'm thinking he's, if he keeps playing the way he has and he shows, you know, consistency there. I think Chad Kelly shows that he definitely earns a spot on this roster. You know, there's so many times earlier in training camp, everyone said, you know, this guy's off the season or uh, off the field stuff that uh, has definitely kind of kept him off the field for so long. You know, people were wondering if he'd ever even stay on the Colts team. Well, if he can stay the way he is now, then uh, Chad Kelly's pretty much earned that number three spot at this point. And another guy that I thought was really good for the offense uh, yesterday was obviously Reese fountain who had five receptions for 63 yards, including that one big catch from Chad Kelly that everyone has seen by now. If you're a Colts fan uh, again, this was, that was why Reese fountain was brought into this Colts team to make those big uh, catches, those over the top catches like that. Cause he doesn't have amazing breakaway speed and it's good to see him out there and uh, doing what he did because Again, this wide receiver core still, it still has a lot of questions, still has a lot of people wondering if he's actually, who's going to be on the roster at that point. And again, if Reese Fountain is going to keep doing this, then he probably will earn himself that last wide receiver spot on this roster.
0: Man, how much do you think Reese Fountain completely screwed up the Colts' plans at wide receiver? And that's a great thing, great problem to have. Man, Reese Fountain had a great game yesterday. He's the guy I think a lot of Colts fans are rooting for because if you don't remember, he was a fifth-round pick last year. Um, was on the practice squad for most of the year. He was really the only draft pick, I think, that didn't make the final roster. Um, and he was on the practice squad. He actually got activated at the end of the year and had a drop, an easy drop in Kansas City. And so people weren't super high on him, um, but... He's had a strong, from what I've heard, a strong last week of camp. Um, he made a strong performance today and, or yesterday, I should say. And I think that he's definitely now in the conversation for that final receiver spot in that battle with a couple of guys vying for that last spot. Um, Reese definitely, I think, has improved a lot. We've seen, we've heard and, and seen in videos, Reese put it, has put in a lot of work. Um, it's going to be exciting to see if he continues his success, Derek, um, in that battle for that last receiver spot. And so I think Reese Fountain definitely had a strong day. He led the Colts in receiving. I think he said he had five catches for 63 yards, so he played really well, all things considered. Um, I think he went up for pass for the ball a lot more. He used his height and his um, just his size to, to get to the ball. And that was... W- Man, that that one catch that he made was absolutely incredible. That was a great catch. That's to be encouraging for the Colts to see. Now, you know, I think I don't know if you heard about what Reese had admitted last year when he came into camp. He was really out of shape. Really didn't know what to do in the NFL at all. Um, was really kind of shell shocked a lot, um, and didn't, you know, obviously didn't make the roster. Um, and so he was really just working on developing his game a lot because where he came out of college, I mean they. They didn't it wasn't even close to the NFL level in a lot of ways. They just basically told him to run a route and that was about it. Um and so now he's working on his game, working on his craft, and we can definitely tell that he's been putting in a lot of work, Derek. And so Reese Fountain's a guy that I'm definitely rooting for, and I think a lot of Colts fans are rooting for. Um some other guys that I think really had solid games for the Colts. Um guy that we talked about yesterday in our preview uh was Dion Kane. And Dion Kane was a guy who if you remember last year at this time, he had torn his ACL at this point, right? The first preseason game, he went out there against the Seahawks and he tore his ACL and it was unfortunate. Um, but I think he had all things considered a pretty solid game overall. I know he had one sideline grab where he had his feet in bounds and that was really good to see from Deion Kane. Doesn't look like he's hindered at all by that injury. Um, looks like he's ready to go in full force. So what were your takeaways from Kane?
1: Yeah, he definitely had a solid game. Uh, he did have a drop early in the game, which is fine. Uh, that, that'll that happen at times. I still don't know if he's psychologically there yet, because he did look a little tight in some of the things that he did when he came off the line on a couple of plays, and you know, some of his uh, curl routes that he ran still kind of looked tight, even when he was trying to catch the ball, trying to use his uh, chest a lot more than his hands, but Again, that's something that over time he will adjust to because, again, he's still trying to get the used to the idea that he doesn't have to worry about his ACL anymore. So that's going to take some time. Obviously, it took Malik Hooker some time to get over that after having that happen to him. But, yeah, the sideline catch that he had was really nice uh, way to have good ball control and awareness of where he was getting the double tap in there. So, yeah, all things considered, given the limited time he had, uh, it was nice to see him back out there doing what he does. Uh, it's good to see Dion came back.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned the whole ACL thing. I was going to talk about Malik Hooker because I remember they were talking about talking to Malik on the offseason and just asking him about, when did you fully feel like you were yourself? And he said it took him a couple of weeks, right? Because he tore his ACL um, in, I believe it was in 2017, he tore his ACL in October and um it took him a while to really trust his body, yes, physically he was there, and maybe Dion Kane's in the same boat where yes he's there physically, but he's not there mentally. he can't quite yet trust his body and he's gonna it's gonna take some time for him to shake off the rust and really fully trust himself and trust that when he goes out and he lays out for a pass that he's gonna be okay and I think it's just more a psychological thing right now for Dion Kane, obviously he had that drop yesterday that was not good he could should have had a touchdown. Um, but I think the good news and the beauty of the preseason is that he can shake off those things. He has more he has three more weeks to shake off the rust, so he can be fully 100 percent when the Colts um, are in Los Angeles playing the Chargers week one. A couple more guys that I wanted to talk about really fast, uh, both receivers as well. I think Devin Funches had a pretty good day. Um, he had two catches. I think his first catch was 17 yards, so 17 yards for number 17. That was kind of cool. Um, so he had two catches. I thought he showed pretty good hands overall. I think it was a pretty solid outing for Funches, all things considered, especially with Jacoby Brissett as the starting quarterback. Um, another guy who I thought had a solid day was Marcus Johnson. If, if nobody remembers who he is, um, he was traded last year to the Colts. I think they traded one of their tight ends last year to him um, from Philadelphia. And he had a he was pretty good for the Colts last year. He I think he played in that New York Jets game. That's kind of the game where he had his breakout game. Unfortunately, he got injured and went on injured reserve last year. Um, but he, I think, had a solid day as well. Derek. are going to get snagged in a couple passes. Um, and so there's a couple guys, a couple receivers where we were your takeaways from from both of those guys from Funcheson and Johnson.
1: Yeah, like you said, they both had some good catches. Uh, The number 17 for 17 yards was definitely a funny story to see on the Colts' Twitter page there. Um, But, yeah, it's cool. Uh, It's nice to see that they're getting involved. Uh, Obviously, it's not the number one offense, so, again, it's kind of one of those things that you take and give what you get. Uh, It was nice to see Devin Funchess going across in the slot uh, doing just the normal fade routes as well it is nice to see uh them using him in a bunch of different ways and yeah like you said Marcus Johnson another guy that you know is trying to fight for that last spot on this Colts roster and it will have to see what uh transpires for the rest of the preseason because if he can make some catches then he'll definitely be uh at that extra piece that the Colts could definitely use but yeah, again, it's it's nice to see that them them out there doing what they do, and it's uh, going to make things interesting for the wide receiver group.
0: Now flipping over to some of the losers that we had from last night. Um, well, I think the most obvious one that we'll talk about, Derek, is uh, Philip Walker. He really did not have a good day. I think he was 8 of 18. He had a few good passes there um, at the end of the first half, but overall it was not a good day for Walker. I don't think he played very well at all, all things considered, and definitely was outplayed by Chad Kelly. So um definitely a step back for Walker in terms of fighting for that number three quarterback room, uh quarterback spot I should say. So what were your takes from Walker from last night?
1: Yeah, he just he just seemed out of place. You know, he just didn't really seem like uh he knew everywhere to go. Uh like you said, going eight of eighteen is certainly not good for a quarterback even in the preseason as a third uh third string guy. Again, he definitely lost some of that, uh, mojo over Chad Kelly at this point due to how Chad Kelly played last night. But again, it it is preseason. Colts will give him another shot for sure. Um, but Phillip Walker's definitely got to get better. He just has to start figuring out where these reads are. He's got to get the ball out of his hands quicker. Uh, that's kind of the knock that we've had on Andrew Luck for a long time, uh, and he's just gotta get better. I mean, that's just it. It's and that's what again, that's what the preseason's for. It's what you do, it's you make things better. You come out the next week and you do what you gotta do to make yourself better. But that certainly wasn't a good start for Philip Walker.
0: Yeah, and the next group that I want to talk about, I'm just going to clump them into a group because I think collectively it wasn't a good night for the offensive line. And I wanted to focus primarily on those backup players. So you think of the guys yesterday who started potentially like Little Raven Clark or uh, I think it was Josh Andrew starting at center. And then even some of those reserve guys that came in second and third team. Uh, the offensive line, the backups at least, looked very porous yesterday, Derek. They did not have a good day at all. There was constant pressure, um, and that could be potentially a concern with LaRaven Clark, you know, say something happens like last year where Anthony Costanzo goes down, and you're stuck with Clark at left tackle. I, I think that could make potentially be something that could be an issue for the Colts um, going into 2019. And so what were your takes from the offensive line from yesterday?
1: Yeah, like you said, the whole collection of them was pretty bad uh, for the backups at least, and especially the Raven Clark got beat on back-to-back plays. Uh, It's kind of like how we've been saying, you know, we got to start looking for that next left tackle for Costanzo because even as good as Costanzo is right now, he is 31 years old. So ultimately here in a few years, most likely Costanzo is going to be done and we're going to be searching for pretty much the most important offensive position uh, other than the quarterback is the left tackle to protect Andrew Luck. And if LaRaven Clark is going to be that answer, it certainly doesn't look very good for us right now. You know, again, LaRaven Clark is going to have, and it kind of hurts to say it too, because LaRaven Clark has been in the system for a few years now. You know, he's had time, I know they've moved him around a lot. You know, they've made him play some guard and right tackle at times. And, you know, they move him around a lot, so it is difficult for him to really lock down on one key position. But, again, you've had several years in this system. you got to start to learn to get better. Uh, You can't get beat on back-to-back plays. If you're going to get beat once, you can't get beat again. Uh, And that's certainly going to be a red flag for the Colts this season is that we know we have a, a very good starting offensive line. But it is a question of who is going to step up and be a part of the uh, next starting line if somebody goes down. Because obviously we're going to have some injuries. Who's going to step up? And if that was any indication, it's certainly not a good sign. But again, it is preseason. You take what you get. Uh, Hopefully they learn from their mistakes there. They watch a lot of film and they get better from this experience.
0: Okay. So I think that wraps up this podcast and our thoughts on yesterday's performance. Um, What's next for the Colts is they have the day off today and then tomorrow Cleveland comes to town um, at Colts camp and they're going to have joint practices throughout the week. And then the Colts um, host Cleveland actually next Saturday um, for their second preseason game. And so it's going to be exciting to see now with Cleveland, one of the hottest teams in the league right now, at least on paper, to see how the Colts line up and see how the Colts match up with them. So I think it's definitely going to be good for the Colts, sharpening for the Colts, definitely make them see what a true contender potentially looks like and uh you know the heck the browns have been you know by by some people called the super bowl contenders um so it'll be interesting test for the colts and seeing where they're at and a good measuring stick for them and for their roster and so thanks guys for tuning in uh well i'm sure we'll have a podcast coming with at you next week at some point um thanks for tuning in and go colts